can't wait to make it to because Steel City gets some amazing names. Like Pittsburgh's not the oh, biggest I city know. in the world, but when they you get, see that, they get I'm a like, good lineup. Yeah, I'm like, how do they do this? Like, that's a big star right now. Like that person is active. Like, and they're just going to be sitting at a table in Pittsburgh and stuff. Yeah. Um, has Has Steel City happened yet? Yeah, they've had a couple since we've been down here. Yeah, they've they've been back well, since I think no, late no, last I'm, year. I, I, I just meant this year. Oh yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, um, I think they do like two a year. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think they do like a, a fall and early summer or something like that. I think there's one in September coming up. Yeah. Ooh, um, I'm checking it out. August 12th to the 14th. Yeah. Celebrities: so August, Michael yeah. C. Hall, John Carpenter, Zachary Levy, Levy, Levi, Levy. Oh, is it the guy from um, uh, what? Oh, Zach from Wait, Shazam. Who is that? Oh, from Shazam. Oh, right, Zachary Levi. I think I say Levi. Levi yeah. Uh, yeah. Will Wheaton, Ric Flair, Danny Trejo, Jennifer Hell Carpenter. Yeah. Uh, oh, they have fucking Dexter and Deb. Is that wow, they have a whole... show? Yeah, they they have a uh, uh, a lot of people from Dexter. That's awesome. Michael Rooker. Oh, there is a Perfect Strangers reunion. Bronson Pinchot and Mark Lynn Baker. I can't oh tell you God. how tempted I am to because like let me see what okay. So the pro photo op is for one of them is sixty bucks. I'm like, tell me they're going to team up, because like now that I'm employed, one hundred and twenty dollars to be pictured with Balky and Larry does not sound too crazy. Tim, Tim, yeah. Tim, what? They have Wayne Knight. Oh my god! All right, well I might just have to go. Might just have to go. Might have to go to this one. <laughs> See Wayne Knight. Uh, sixty okay. bucks. Sixty pro photo op is sixty. Uh, and he will be there all three days. Holy nice. shit! <laughs> I might have to do it. I mean, what do I tell him? Like, we, I, we have a Seinfeld podcast. <laughs> um, get a uh, get a get, get a him drop. a no hugging, no learning shirt. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm and sure he'll throw it away as soon as you walk away. But getting the photo with him, at least holding it, would be awesome. Get him to do a drop too. What am I? By the way, I the drop I would get him to do, and people don't <laughs> mind doing this. Um. I stole this, I think, from Don and Mike. Their their celebrity drops would say, I never listen to the Don and Mike show. Like, hi, my name is blah, 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 and I never listen to the Don and Mike show. And they would play them like that, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. So, like, getting Wayne Knight to say, hi, oh this is Wayne God. Knight, and I never listen to No Hugging, No Learning. It's like, uh, he still said the name, you know? Uh, tell, say, uh, have him say, like, I don't even know what No Hugging, No Learning is. <laughs> yeah. Or something. <laughs> oh my god that, that rules yeah i always like so when i did when, like at my college radio show that's how we would get drops too like we had my, my favorite was like the president of the university was like <laughs> i'm president i'm alan merton president of george mason university and he did he nailed it. he was like and i never listened to mike and murphy on wgmu or something that's like that. incredible yeah he was awesome <laughs> uh yeah so they, they get a lot of great people and i thought See, now I don't know. Anyway, I, I think they do two a year, but I could be wrong about that because just one is amazing. All right, we should probably get going. <laughs> I know yeah, you usually probably. say that. <laughs> but I'll, I'll take it this time. Uh, welcome to No <laughs> Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about Season 2, Episode 9, The Baptism. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode, Shaq. We wanted to do a shallow dive on Shaq. You know, like if Shaq himself dove into like a four-foot pool, like that'd be bad. And that's the kind of dive yeah. that we wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, so just starting off, the Orlando Magic drafted Shaq with the first overall pick in the 1992 NBA draft. He became a free agent after the 95-96 NBA season. He joined Team USA for those epic 96 Olympics in Atlanta when we had, you know, w when we went on that run kind of in like, 92 I think 92 had an awesome team as well but whenever they changed the rules that pros could play maybe 96 was the first year for that but I was thought 96 there was a, the dream team I, I was wondering I, I want to say that was 92 oh okay I want to say 92 was the dream team because um I remember that being overseas yeah so 92 was the dream team 92 oh Barcelona yeah yeah Barcelona that's right um so 96 they were you know they were still in that mode of pros joining the team on the team's first full day of Olympics in Atlanta, the media announced that O'Neal would no longer be a free agent. He would join the L.A. Lakers on a seven-year, $121 million contract. And so he started with the uh, Lakers in the 96-97 season. The 2001 season, 
which, uh, you know, this episode takes place uh, at the beginning of that season because that season started in October of 2001. That was his fifth with the Lakers. So he was solidly a L.A. Lakers star. A month before the 01-02 season, interestingly enough, at training camp, Shaq had corrective surgery for a claw toe deformity in the smallest <laughs> toe of his left foot. Oh, my and God. He opted against – I know. I don't even know what that is. But, God, if he played as well as he was without that, like, what? what is that? I, I, I don't even know. I mean, <laughs> I, I can send you a photo of my foot. I think I know what it is. No, don't. If, if, don't. if you want me to. <laughs> I don't want to. Okay. I, have a really, I have a really tiny pinky toe. Is that claw toe? Um, no, it's not okay. like tiny. Uh, okay. I think it's kind of like a hereditary thing in my family where your pinky toe kind of like almost rests on its side and like curves uh, underneath uh. the toe next to it. Uh, so I guess for better balance and stuff that, that pinky toe can be important. Yeah. Especially for like elite athletes. Yeah. Um, I know, uh, not necessarily an elite athlete, but my grandmother had this surgery done, uh, probably about 20 or so years ago. Huh. And, uh, what they do is like, they essentially just like break the bones in yeah. your pinky toe straighten them out so that they heal straight again yeah i, well, I he, think that's what this is i'm not i'm not 100 sure that's how a lot of medical like especially orthopedic stuff is it's like all right we're gonna break this and then reset it you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. no matter if you break a bone that's pretty much the only thing they can do so he opted interestingly enough he opted against a more involved surgery to return quicker and he was ready at the start of the 2001 season uh, the 2001-2002 season, but the toe did still frequently bother him. The 2001 season ended with the LA Lakers winning their third straight championship, beating the New Jersey Nets four zip in the 2002 NBA Finals. And did you say New Jersey Nets? Yeah. Is that still the team? Do I just not know basketball? I I think so. Right? Oh. Or no, oh, no, it's oh, Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn right? Nets. Brooklyn that's right. Nets, yeah, that's they became right, the yeah. Brooklyn Nets. Okay. I was like, yeah. something sounds weird with that. I knew, okay. I knew they played in Brooklyn, <laughs> but that wouldn't be weird for a team from New Jersey, you know, because the, the like stadiums aren't always where, you know, they're yeah. supposed to be. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. It's what, whenever they opened the new uh, Barclays Center in right. Brooklyn. And so yeah. they moved there. That's right. Yeah, I knew they played there, and I was like, New York Nets? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but Brooklyn Nets, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but interestingly enough, Shaq did miss the first 12 games of the next season, recovering from a more invasive toe surgery. So he left the Lakers after the 03-04 season for the Miami Heat. And then listen to this, because I forgot how long Shaq played. See if, so he played for the Miami Heat for four years, then went to the Phoenix Suns, then went to the Cleveland Cavaliers, which I barely remember. And then get this. Do you know what team he played his last season for? Um, oh, no, I have no idea. I don't remember this at all. From 2010, for the 2010 season, he played for the Boston Celtics. No way. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I was like, he wasn't still doing full seasons, though, was he at this at this point? I highly doubt. What do you mean? How like can... I'm sure he, I'm sure he's not like starting every game. Oh, maybe not. I, I have no idea. I'll have to do a I'll have to do a personal dive on Shaq's final season in the NBA with the Boston's. I do I can't picture him God. in a Boston Celtics I, uniform. Yeah, I, I don't have any recollection of him playing for the Cavs. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. I, yeah, same. I was like, yeah, Heat, and then Suns. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Like that image is kind of um. You it's you can switch back and forth between him and Charles Barkley. I'm like, oh yeah, there he is. Oh no, wait, that's Charles Barkley. Oh no, there's Shaq. Okay, in the Phoenix Sun uniform. But yeah, then the Cavs and the Celtics. I'm like, he never played for the Celtics. Wikipedia so, is wrong. So wait, when did LeBron get drafted? I'm sorry, I have a, a piece of Asiago bread in my mouth. When did, <laughs> when did LeBron get drafted? That's a great question. He started with the oh with the Cavs in '03. Oh, damn. So LeBron so he, was already in his prime and playing with Shaq on the same team. He had one season with Shaq. The 09. <laughs> yeah, the 09 2010. Oh, the only, the only season that uh, Shaq played with the Cavaliers was from 2009 to 2010. I don't know if that means he did two seasons. Um, but, yeah, so that's pretty crazy. Shaq and LeBron. Wow. NBA fans, welcome to uh, Barstool NBA Seinfeld. <laughs> God, we would be the worst barstool hosts. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, so we, we, we try and do like our dude talk, and I'm just like eating, yeah. and you're just like, oh yeah, I did the, I did this dad thing yesterday. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. <laughs> where is where are the dad talk stations? Come on, we need dad talk radio. Yeah, instead of bro talk, we need dad talk radio. 
How about like bro talk in the morning and afternoons, and then middays is dad talk. Oh my god, dude, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. I think that could the, work. There was a guy walking around a uh, uh, comic palooza yesterday. It was like, uh, ask a dad anything, advice, questions, free dad that's jokes. Great. Nothing <laughs> is too stupid. And I'm like, that's that's great. I love that. That's awesome and very wholesome too. Uh, so, and I wanted to dive a little bit into his personal life too, because it's Sha- Shaquille O'Neal did not marry Aisha Tyler, but he did marry his girlfriend Shawnee Nelson on December twenty sixth, two thousand two. Uh, that couple has four children. So mm. Aisha Tyler, of course, plays his girlfriend in in the episode. What about her? That was the other thing we wanted to learn for homework, where she was in her career at this point. Uh, American actress, comedian, director, talk show host, of course, known for playing Andrea Marino in the first season of Ghost Whisperer, Dr. Tara Lewis in Criminal Minds, Mother Nature in the Santa Claus films, which I did not know. I guess I've, um, she's, I, I, I think I only ever saw the first one. So uh, voicing Lana Kane in Archer, of course, which you mentioned, as well as recurring roles on CSI Crime Scene Investigation, Talk Soup, and nine episodes of Friends. She gets this. She attended high school with Sam Rockwell and Margaret Cho. Hmm. And she had a crush on Sam Rockwell and followed him into an acting class one day. And that led to her interest in improv and sketch. Damn. Wow. (laughs) She, I think she, yeah, she grew up in uh, San Francisco. This was in San Francisco. She graduated from Dartmouth in 92. So Ivy League educated, which is amazing. Uh, just that anybody is Ivy, not just for her. I'm like, anytime I find out anyone has an Ivy League education like that, uh, that's not, you know, a white Republican. I'm like, wow. <laughs> uh, after briefly working for a San Francisco advertising firm after college, so went back to her hometown, she toured the country pursuing a comedy career, then moving to L.A. in 96 and got kind of small bit parts like this and stuff like Nash Bridges, something called Grand Avenue, a show called The Pretender that I kind of remember. And and then this, this is this is like kind of uh, some of her first roles. Then her career in television took off in 01 with, of course, this big job as the host of the last season of Talk Soup, which I believe was just called The Soup at that point. Hmm. But yeah, she was she was the final host of the show. And so that's where, where she kind of was. Uh, Aisha Tyler, um, completist, go in and there's like a huge jump from like, yeah, she moved to she moved to L.A. in 96. And then uh, she was a star in 2001. I'm like, wait a second. What happened in those five years? I mean, I guess I can kind of, it, it seemed like she was A, trying out for roles on television shows and B, honing her stand up. But um, I don't know. It just seems like there could be some blanks. There could be another paragraph in there in Wikipedia, like what she was doing, like how she got started in stand up and stuff. I don't know. So I didn't do my promised shallow dive on birthday books and were they a thing in 01 and stuff like that. So uh, let's just move on. Okay. To some trivia and tidbits from the episode. Mark DiCarlo plays Albert Mayo, Shaquille O'Neal's agent in this episode, and he did appear in Seinfeld in the Face Painter episode. He plays Alec Berg. Oh, the, my God. Yeah, not the writer, the Seinfeld this the, character. This is the character, Alec yeah, Berg. <laughs> the character, Alec Berg, who gives Jerry the hockey tickets that he then does not <laughs> thank him in time enough to get the next ones for. And Albert Mayo, of course, if uh, you know, I did recognize it. I didn't bring it up, but he does share a name with Joe Mayo, who is another character from Seinfeld, uh, someone who appears in the reverse peephole. Joe Mayo is the person that Elaine, Jerry, and George all split a massage chair for as a housewarming gift. Oh yeah, yeah. That that Joe Mayo is played by Pat Finn, and uh, the, the guy that like gives people jobs at the party and stuff like that. I don't know why. I don't know why this came up in my research for Shaq, but it did that because we loved, we liked Shaq. We liked the doll. And as of February, 2021, the doll is the best episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm ever, according to IMDb. Wow. Out of 2,600 ratings, it has a 9.2 out of 10. And I guess that's oh the highest God. score out of any episode on IMDb. I know. It's crazy. Uh, t- talking about the doll or talking about Shaq? The doll. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why this came up. I don't know why. You know, I might have searched the doll looking for some other information or something. But okay. Um, but yeah, the the either that or I just forgot to read it last week. <laughs> but yeah, the doll is the best episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, according to IMDb huh. users. Well, yeah. Not, not according to me. No. No, not according to the best Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. Yeah, which is duh. this one right here. Um, so yeah, <laughs> not, not not according to a 
Curb Enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, not according to a Curb Enthusiasm podcast. Yeah, I, I found that weird uh, as well, considering I think Shaq does better what the doll laid the groundwork for, you know, like yeah. coming full circle. And the only thing it's missing that I found that people really liked is the new Susie. Like the doll gave great Susie. But we're going to get better Susie later. I mean, that's just the first appearance of like the great. It's not even the first appearance, but it is. Like when Susie really started taking control of that character and making her what she is today, you know, I mean, it, it gives great Susie, but um, and that's the only thing that Shaq is lacking. That's the only thing that Shaq lack is shacking um, is, is Susie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I found that interesting. And that's all. Oh, I let's consult the book. Jeez, that's all I had for Damn. trivia and tidbits. I know. Please rise. Uh, in this episode, we only get one bullet point about this episode. The man who gets splashed by the bus is curb prop master Dort Clark. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dort Dort Clark. Clark. <laughs> of course Dort. he changed it. He changed it from Dort Pancake cuz he didn't want to seem like he was <laughs> trading on the pancake. <laughs> oh my lord. Dort Clark is incredible. That yeah. is that is a name. That's him, Dort Clark. Um, is it short for like Dorothy or something? Did his parents like? Is it like a boy named Sue situation where you know his dad gave him <laughs> a name so he'd be like big and tough, and then he just was a a prop master for HBO anyway? <laughs> well, that didn't work. Thanks a lot, Johnny Cash. Um, but at least I get to I get to make uh, uh, things that people hold for a show that can say <laughs> fuck on TV. Exactly. Aren't you proud of Aren't you proud of your boy Dort? What were they thinking? So here's some information that I was hoping to get in the in this episode section. But the producer, Sandy Chanley, says we weren't allowed to shoot the scene where Larry was tripping Shaq until after the Lakers were done with the season in case anything happened to him. And also, <laughs> we needed the Lakers to win the playoffs in six games or we wouldn't be able to get our second shooting day in the Staples Center. I became completely obsessed with the Lakers. I started watching all the games and got completely inside the idea that they would win. So then they won. But Shaq was in Vegas celebrating. We were really lucky because the only reason we got him to do that second scene was because he was flying back to do the Tonight Show. In fact, he was on his way from the airport to the Staples Center <laughs> while we were trying to still figure out who had the key to get his uniform out of his locker. It normally takes two weeks of paperwork for anybody to touch that stuff. What was crazy about it was that it all ended up working. Wow. That oh, is my insane God. How much they were gambling. <laughs> <laughs> On that happening. Richard Lewis on going to ball games with Larry in the old days. Whenever we went to a game, Larry would make us move about 20 times. He knew every section, every row. He was obsessed. Once he'd get a seat, he'd start spying for better ones. He was fearless about getting kicked out. And Larry David on going to ball games with Richard now. I went to a playoff game with Richard Lewis once. He usually sits right on the floor in the first row. But this time, they gave him a seat in the second row. And he was complaining mm. bitterly the entire time. He did not enjoy the game at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's that, great. That sounds like a very Larry and Richard <laughs> Lewis thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's all from the book. You may be seated. All right. I Do know. we have anything newsworthy or anything? Since Thursday? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> anything, anything is broken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. If you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show despite the last... 35 minutes being exclusively bullshit. We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. Uh, I've never seen these episodes before. Tim hasn't seen these episodes before in the last 20 years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at NoHugging on Twitter or NoHugging, no learning show at gmail.com. Both of those links are down in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, if you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you send us a screen cap of your review, of your rating and your review, we will send you a free no-hugging, no-learning sticker free of charge. Uh, just uh, get us that screen cap so that we can, I don't know, see it. To, we'll read it out on air so that uh, we can follow up with you and know where to send it. Um, if you would like to support us monetarily, five bucks a month, uh, less than a cup of really nice coffee <laughs> at your favorite cafe. One of those vanilla I, bullshits. Yeah, what one of those? Uh, how did Larry say it? Uh, v vanilla kappa bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Give me one of those. I, I, yeah. 
I'm getting it mixed up with uh, what my brother always calls Starbucks, and he refers to it as Mocha Froca bullshit. Oh my gosh, <laughs> same but, energy. But, but but imagine that being coming from my voice, but like a little a little bit more hick and a little <laughs> older. So it's like Mocha Froca bullshit. <laughs> Uh, but if you'd like to support us monetarily, patreon.com slash no hugging will get you every single episode one week early. It's going to get you the clipped content of every single episode, uh, th- most every single episode. I think there's been like two, maybe three episodes where we haven't had any bullshit. There, Those are our Cap'n Crunch oops no bullshit episodes. <laughs> um but last week was not the case. Uh, I, you you text me and said, I'm 22 minutes into the edit, and I found 20 minutes of bullshit so far. I'm like, oh, no. I think my math was right on that. Yeah. We've been a lot. We, we've been going through with an axe rather than a scalpel with the bullshit ever since we really started trying to kind of focus on the bullshit. Yeah. You know, we're like, yeah, all right, let's, let's, let's make it worth the money. But uh, in addition to those, we'll also get you uh, two-ish, sometimes one, but most of the m- most months two Patreon exclusive movie reviews from the Seinfeld universe. It's either going to have someone from Seinfeld, it's going to have someone from Curb in it, uh, but it's it's going to have someone most of the time. It's going to have multiple people in that movie. Uh, most recently, we just did. Heavyweights, uh, what do, right? heavyweights, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I was thinking, we did Problem Child 2. What do we do after Problem <laughs> Child 2? Uh, if you would like a free preview on any of our, uh, uh, or not on any of our uh, exclusive movie reviews, we do have a few of them released to the free feed. Uh, just scroll on down. You're going to find our reviews for B-Movie. I think we've pushed out our review for Adam's Family Values, I think. Maybe. Yeah, possibly. There, there's definitely a B-movie and a few more uh, in the free feed if you want to take a listen to that. But patreon.com slash nohugging, you can get those uh, every month for five bucks a month. All that being said, season two, episode nine, the penultimate episode of season two, The Baptism. Original air date, November 18th, 2001. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see... Larry is shocked when he discovers that the Jewish man who is marrying Cheryl's sister is converting to Christianity. I got mad during the episode when I remembered that that was the synopsis because it's, <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah. It has almost nothing to do with the entire episode. Um, so, yeah, let's. I know we can make it better at the end. We start at home and Larry comes down in the morning in... What I wrote down at first was a red velvet blazer. This looked like. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if they had not said something, I was worried that the episode was not going to have to do. I was worried that people were going to treat this normal. Like, oh, that's a normal thing for someone to wear. <laughs> but no. But luckily, Cheryl does point it out that, that she, she just says, no. Larry, no. <laughs> Larry, no. No. <laughs> and first, it's not because it's an audacious blazer. It's because he wore the exact same outfit yesterday. <laughs> Which is, by the way, something I did when I was unemployed. I know me being unemployed and Larry David being unemployed are are two very different ways of being unemployed. But I did the exact (laughs) same thing. I was like, why can't I wear this? I'll just wear this tomorrow. I'll just wear this today as well. No problem. Same socks. Haven't changed my boxers in a couple weeks. Yeah, this is fine. Um, (laughs) But Cheryl does say that it is time to get rid of the jacket because everything is wrong with it. She starts with pointing out that it's maroon, which is not where I'd start. Like, if, if I needed a, a fifth or sixth thing to point out what's wrong with this jacket, the color maroon, you know, that's where I would bring it up. First of all, it's like two sizes too big, at least. Larry oh David God, looks yeah. tiny in it. Uh, and Cheryl wants to give it to the homeless guy, specifically the one that hangs out near the gas station, which I think is a funny way to donate things. Because she's like, no, let, come on, we're going to take it to Goodwill. Like, no, we're going to give it to a specific homeless person. Like, <laughs> meh. What? I, I don't know. Okay. I, I mean, sure. I don't know. It's not what I would do. It's not what we do with our clothes. We take it to a, you know, a charity or something like that. Larry doesn't want to because it was his Seinfeld show night jacket. He would wear that on show nights uh, when, while doing Seinfeld. He's had it since Seinfeld. But Cheryl wins and takes a jacket off of him. Outside Larry's office, which is the same street as Lone Wolf Cigars. So it's, they used that same exterior and entrance for Jeff's office one time. I think, because I remember, I remember when we looked up Lone Wolf Cigars, and I, and I thought the scene after that was in 
Jeff's office, but but maybe it wasn't Larry's was, office. I wonder if that was just a mistake with editing. Yeah, they, or just they, like, they used yeah. the wrong office exterior B-roll. Or they figured nobody would look at, you know, they're like, they're walking down the street. Next scene, they're in an office. What do you want? Yeah. Like, you that's know, true. I think that's my, that's my guess. Like, that, no one's, yeah. no one's going to be psychoanalyzing this in 20 <laughs> years. Uh, and Larry punches in his door code and then notices there's a dude standing like a foot from him staring over his shoulder who definitely was able to see the door code. Uh, Larry goes inside and he tells his assistant he's going to be in Monterey for Cheryl's sister's wedding. And we know that's Becky. And she's getting married to a Jewish guy who is converting to Christianity for the wedding, for the marriage. In Larry's office, Richard Lewis is there and he is upset that Larry stole his outgoing message. His hilarious outgoing message joke that he thought of in Paris seven years ago is exactly the same as Larry's. And he wants him to change it. <laughs> what was... a fucking outdated argument. <laughs> I, know. I remember you showed when... up in person to your friend's office to yeah. complain about them stealing your voicemail message. Not even voicemail, answering machine. Answering, answering machine, machine message. <laughs> My I remember Lord. I remember funny answering machine messages and the people who would have them and um and even I like mine is even a throwback to that era I feel like cuz I say something like oh you know what is yours? Sorry, I don't think I've ever called you and gotten your voicemail yeah. <laughs> something like you know oh you know sorry sorry I couldn't be there for you I'll, I'll try to do better next time or something like that um <laughs> and uh and I think it is a throwback to me growing up with answering machines and some of them like they would there were infomercials where they would sell like Order now, like, 100 hilarious in, uh, message answering machine tapes. And you would, like, buy this tape and you would put it in there and it would it could play the tone so they would stop and start recording at the correct time or whatever. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. And, and so you could buy them. And do you remember, and, and it reminded me of one of my favorite, I, I, con- I connected this with the Simpsons joke, the rapping Ronnie Reagan joke, where he's like, well, 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 well. And maybe it's because... <laughs> Like celebrity impersonators on your answering machine outgoing message were a, were hilarious in the late eighties and early nineties and stuff. Like like, well, this is Ronald Reagan, and well, you, the person you've called isn't home right now, or whatever. You know, like that would be something that people would leave would put oh on their God. answering machine message. So I connected with the that Simpsons joke with Rap and Ronnie Reagan, yeah. where Homer's like, he did say well a lot or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it's just hilarious that there would be like proprietary <laughs> answering yeah. machine that, jokes. <laughs> yeah. That trend's going to come back. I, just watch. You think? <laughs> I mean, it'll come back in some way. Everything comes back. I can't believe Verizon didn't try to sell us voicemail download, you know, like 99 cents and you can, we'll put this on your voicemail. We'll put this MP3 on they, your voicemail or whatever they, it is. They, they probably learned with uh, how bad ringback tones Ringbacks. crashed and burned. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they were huge. And then it just nosedived. Yeah, yeah. No, I, nosedove? Nosedove. I know. That's one of those weird compound nope. words that doesn't. But you know what? I think dived is a correct past tense for, for dive if you want to. I think they're both in the dictionary. Dove and okay. dived. Yeah. So I think okay. you see nosedived. But but yeah, so you know, and and Richard plays the sympathy card too. It's like you have a family. My parents are dead. I'm not. I don't have a wife. Like, what does that have to do with anything? You can tell it was just and, like a and, dumb improv that they were forced to riff off of. Yeah, and and you can tell like they were definitely having fun with it, even oh, though they yeah. both knew how awful and stupid <laughs> it was. Because Larry's laughing through the whole thing. He's like, "Okay, I'll change my." answering machine message <laughs> because you don't have a wife and your parents are dead okay yeah that makes sense yeah and there's an argument over like I- i've had it for seven years oh i've had it for seven and a half years then uh yeah and, <laughs> and richard lewis stands there watching him change it from like remotely so larry does it on the phone he you know punches in some numbers in the code and changes the message which you could do it was it is possible to do that um but we're gonna learn that Larry might not have done it correctly. Back at home, uh, they're packing for Cheryl and Larry are packing for their trip to the wedding. Larry doesn't know what a baptism is, and he is also surprised that this Jewish guy is converting to Christianity. So that part of the <laughs> synopsis is true. But how, like, how timely still, twenty-one years later, is Larry saying, "Why do Christians have to take Christ so personally? It's not enough for you to worship <laughs> him. Everybody has to." Like, oh my yeah. gosh, like yeah. this whole, this whole soliloquy could be printed today 
And you'd be like, oh, man, that Larry, he's how does he stay on top of the news like that? <laughs> what about those clowns in Congress? <laughs> what a bunch of clowns. This has to be a record for Simpsons references, like it within really a five-minute span or whatever. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, that is the main problem, I guess, that has been plaguing us since, you know, 01. And I'm sure before, but neither of us were, you know, with it then. But now, especially, it's like, Christofascism is certainly uh, gr- only grown in strength since Larry uttered this line. Uh, he compares it to lobster. He was like, I like lobster. I'm not going to force everybody to go to Africa and make everybody eat more lobster. You need more lobster. And Cheryl doesn't agree with that comparison, but I think it's apt. <laughs> um, and Larry is going to drive to the airport. He doesn't want to use this unreliable car service. And it's at this point that I had to look up because I thought Monterey was like 45 minutes outside of LA. It's not that close, but. It is a five-hour drive, which I'm sure you and I would agree is drivable. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I drove 24 hours to Texas. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Five hours is nothing. You had to to move your car. But, like, for a road trip, for a weekend road trip to go to somebody's wedding, five hours, nothing. That's doable. Yeah. I've done... done That's that's fine. I've done a lot longer than that. I drove from... Where were we? We must have been in... I mean, if I'm... If I'm if I'm driving five hours, I would prefer it to be a long weekend, maybe like a, a Labor Day or a Memorial Day, or or this year yeah. we had a Fourth of July long sure. weekend. Um, so I, yeah. I I think if it's if it's just going to be like if we're leaving Saturday morning, staying the night, and coming home Sunday night, I think my limit would probably be like three, four. You know, I was going to say three. I, I think my limit for a my limit for an overnight is three. My limit for a Friday night for a two night trip that's five. I mean, maybe even six. It depends on, like, where. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Depends that, on how that, much that, we're going to be doing and stuff. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But, I mean, I've, I've driven I've driven to friends' weddings where I had to stop in the middle and, like, oh, and then continue on the next day. Yeah. So, it's just, I don't know. Driving's just always a better option to me. Uh, but they're, they're going to fly, you know. doesn't take very long. The next morning, Larry can't find the airline tickets. Another oh. 2001 problem. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know you he can't find it. their printed airline yeah. tickets that he got. I'm assuming in the mail from Probably. the airline, yeah, or from their travel agent. Oh, their travel. I'm sure he has a travel agent. Yeah, you're that rich. You got a travel agent, uh, and he's like, "Oh, I, I must have left him at the office." He's like, "We got time. We got time to go to the office." He heads to the office. He digs through his assistant's desk. He can't find them. And then he goes back down to the car, and, and, and he, he realizes the guy watching him punch in his office number stole him. He came in, and he stole the tickets. This was, I thought, a hilarious line where Cheryl's like, our, our address and phone number are on those tickets. Like, he could rob us. And Larry's like, he's not going to rob us. He's going to Monterey. <laughs> yeah. Why, why would he just decide to go to Monterey? Yeah, why wouldn't you take the tickets and refund them? Like, yeah. oh, I, you know what? I'm not going. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to take a trip to somewhere I... I don't want to go to for a length of time. Like as a robber, I want something that's going to cost me money because I need a place to stay in Monterey. Like (laughs) Larry just has no idea about poor people. (laughs) He's like, no, he wants to go to Monterey. And then what? Live in the airport? Um, The the tickets, it's funny. He's like, you know, this is another, well, this isn't even, in October, when was this, November of 2001? Um, Yes. So even in like, I know they filmed this before, but it's so funny how out of date it was by then. He's like, if you have the tickets, you can get on the flight. Like uh, Larry, 9-11 like just happened. That is that is a relic of the past now. <laughs> Nobody is getting on that flight with tickets that don't match their ID yeah, anymore. Yeah, I, I, that's what I thought was so weird. I'm like, the, obviously they, they filmed this before 9-11. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, even when this aired, that wasn't true. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When this aired, that was, yeah, TSA had already, I think, been established and stuff, and they were making sure everybody's name matched their ticket. But but also, I mean, like, if I lost my tickets, I'd go straight to the airport. And, and you know, maybe that was maybe that's the lesson in, in all of this, that why didn't they go? And they, there must be some recourse to say we lost our tickets. Like, they make it, later on, they make it so much more complicated than it needs to be. Um, but we'll we'll get to that. But I would imagine that that it's not the first time that tickets have been lost. You know, you 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 show up to the ticket counter and say we lost our tickets. That that mm-hmm. has to have happened before. But Cheryl calls the airline on their way to the airport, and she's on hold pretty much the whole way. They get to the airport. There are no spots, nowhere to park. As Cheryl knew there would be, 
That's why they're going to take the car service. Finally, some guy is leaving, and he gets in his car and then just sits in there and waits. Like, it does that <laughs> thing that people do sometimes when you're waiting for their spot. Like, what the hell are they doing in there? Leave. People are waiting. <laughs> and uh, Larry even yells at the guy, like, hey, come on, let's switch places. You you can do that here. I'll I'll park, and you can do whatever you need to do out here. But the guy's like, hey, you know, you should have left earlier or something like that. In the meantime, though, another another car just a few spots away does back out. And a car behind Larry zips around and pulls into that spot and poaches it. (laughs) (laughs) But eventually, I guess they do get some spot because they make it into the airport. There's a huge line at this ticket counter. And Cheryl says they can go to the front (laughs) because they have an emergency, a time time crunch. But they are denied once they get up there. Uh, Larry wasn't so sure that they could have done that. And he was right. And he starts scanning the crowd for the guy who stole their tickets and is going to get on the plane pretending to be them. And he spots him. And I watched this on, I watched the beginning of this episode and the end of the episode on two separate days. And I could have told you this was not the guy. (laughs) So basically like (laughs) probably the same amount of time that Larry has not seen him. And even I knew this was not the guy (laughs) Um, because he goes up and he accuses him of, uh, of having the tickets and the guy does have his own tickets. This was a. I love strangers burning Larry. That's one of my favorite genres of joke in this show. And he's like, "See where it says my name right here? If these were your tickets, it'd say fucking douchebag." Yeah, my god, <laughs> that's amazing. Oh my gosh! And then Larry spots another guy and accuses him of having the tickets. But of course, it's not that guy. And so he tells Larry. Well, he at first he like stands up and towers over Larry. <laughs> like I don't know how tall Larry David is, but this guy's easily. I don't know, five, six inches taller. And he tells him to go fuck himself. And the flight, the flight to Monterey is boarding. They finally get to the head of the line. This was a great gag too, where as like the person in front of them, the ticket agent is saying, Oh, and um, your flight doesn't leave for uh, another hour. So you've got plenty of time. This is great. You can go relax and we'll come find. I love that, that there's somebody who's like, just calm and, and got there in time and, and has an hour to kill now. But, the agent doesn't understand the stolen lost tickets thing that there's someone on the flight who might be them and also doesn't care. And by the way, post 9-11, even pre 9-11, please care. But yeah. the fact that that's their story, um, you know, I figure would cause some alarm. Like, can you just check seats 18 and 19 and see if there's anybody in them? No. Okay. Thank you. You know, like you can call into the plane, I think, but the door closes and she's like, all right, I'm, I'm literally legally not allowed to let anybody on now. And she suggests a flight to San Francisco and then drive about 100 miles to Monterey, which is all they can do at this point, I guess. Which, um, I'm looking at a map right now, Tim. Yeah. Is that all? None of, none of this adds up. No! Okay, so, uh, I, I thought they said San Francisco as well. Yeah! San Francisco is in Northern California. Yeah. Los Angeles is obviously in Southern California. Yeah. Why would going n- north into California then be a five-hour drive from San Francisco to Monterey, Mexico? You know where Monterey, oh, Mexico is? No, no, is? not Monterey, Mexico. Monterey, L.A. Mon- oh. I mean, Monterey, California. Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. this whole time it was Monterey, Mexico. <laughs> okay. No. Well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, okay, where's so- Monterey, California? It's, uh, it's in between uh, San Francisco and L.A. Actually, you know, a lot closer to... A lot closer oh, okay. to yeah, it's it's yeah. Uh, uh actually pretty close to San Jose and uh, Very San Francisco. Close, yeah. I thought it was in Monterey, Mexico. No, they're they are, they're up on the rugged uh, northern coastline. So it is an hour fifty two right now. If you left okay. right now, San Francisco to Monterey. <laughs> <laughs> I I was gonna say the drive from because I I was saying like okay maybe she said San Diego. I looked up the drive <laughs> oh, yeah. from San Diego to Monterey, Mexico, and it's twenty two hours. Damn. Yeah, Monterey is uh, way Tim, down there. Tim, I can drive to Monterey, Mexico today if I wanted to. Yeah, well, and it's not, faster than not, that? Not today because I don't have a passport. But, <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, I'd say maybe hour and a half, two hours across the border. <laughs> uh, you just keep going south past uh, San Antonio and you're there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I did not know where it was. There it is, though. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a crazy, that'd be a wild place to for them to be heading. But yeah, they they did not specify, but it is Monterey, California. Uh, and so that's what they, that's all they have to do. Although, you know, I was thinking like at this point, can't Larry charter a flight like that's only going to that's not going to cost 
him, you know, and, and there's got to be like air buses that fly out of L.A. that you can just like air taxis, you know, like, hey, I'm a rich guy. I want to go to Monterey. How much? Five thousand dollars. <laughs> Great. Here's the money, you know. Yeah. Um, something like that. But uh, they're, so they're waiting at the gate. And this, oh man, this, this episode is so full of 2000 anachronisms. And here's another one of my favorites. Larry asked Cheryl, do you have the cell phone? Oh my God. When, yeah. When everyone, when all families had one cell phone, like, <laughs> oh yeah, are you going to bring the cell phone? Nah, we don't need it. We're not going to bring the are cell you, phone. Are you, you going to bring the cell phone? Yeah. 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 Oh, can I, uh, I'm going to use the cell phone. Can I, you want me to take the cell phone? I'm going to go to the store. I'll take the cell phone. <laughs> and it just lived on the charger next to the landline. Like, do we need that? No. <laughs> uh, but Larry, Larry calls Richard Lewis, so Cheryl can back up his story about the about him thinking of the answering machine message. But Cheryl will not do it. She's fed up with Larry a lot in this episode, almost as much as the last episode, maybe more. But they make it to San Francisco. They rent a car. They can still make it. Cheryl burns rubber out of the rental car lot. Larry is being interminably annoying on the drive down <laughs> again, just like doing this thing. Ba 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 da diddy ba boop. Just like turn on the radio. Can we listen to the radio? Uh, and he calls to check the messages at home to see if they've gotten anything. And the machine is not picking up. So Cheryl has kind of an I told you so moment about trying to change it remotely. God, if if I was Cheryl in this moment, I would have driven that car into a fucking telephone <laughs> pole so fast. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, then he's like going off about grapes. Like, have you ever had a fresh grape? I've had all the, all the other fruits I've had fresh, not not a fresh grape. Like, you never see a fresh grape. <laughs> um, so we get more asinine babbling from Larry in that, like talking about moving to Monterey, moving to the country. And he's like, you know, we can settle down. Are, are we settled down? What do you have to do to be settled down? We have a house. <laughs> and then this I thought was was great. Grape pie. He's like, why isn't there grape pie? He's like, yeah, it works as a soda. <laughs> works as a gum. Grape pie. Oh. <laughs> Man, I yeah. could go for a nice grape soda right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Grape is a great underrated soda. I'll say it's underrated. Um, and But why isn't there grape pie? That's a great question. He talks about, again, why we needed to ruin the aesthetics of the <laughs> continental U.S. by allowing Alaska and Hawaii into the union. Jesus and then he's like, and what's Christ. Puerto Rico anyway? And that's, at that point, Cheryl's like, shut up, <laughs> whatever she says. <laughs> and by the way, that's as they drive by Queen Ranch, which says S-O-M-I-S above it, Somis, Queen Ranch, which was at 3400 Highway 18, California 18 in Somis, California. It is now Peterson Ranch, and it is about four and a half hours from Monterey, California. Yeah, Somis. Somis is just north of LA. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know. I found that interesting. I was like, oh, cool. Wow, they really did go up to like the north to film this. And I'm like, oh, no, they didn't. They just went like a half hour outside of the city. So they follow the directions to what looks like some back road in the middle of the woods. And Larry gets out. and He's like, well, let me see what's going on. And he sees a couple of men struggling in the river. And one seemingly drowns the other. And Larry yells, stop to the uh, what's going on and, and screams and starts running down the hill as he sees Cheryl's family all gathered to watch what everybody might know was the <laughs> baptism happening. And the guy starts floating away in the river of the current. And so everyone has to rush <laughs> I, in to save him. I, I thought for uh, like a second or two, I was like, are they just going to kill off Becky's fiance <laughs> like this? Like he floats away and he drowns because Larry stopped the baptism. That would have been amazing manslaughter larry <laughs> involuntary manslaughter or something so the, he floats away everyone rushes in to save him at uh, somebody's house becky accuses larry of not wanting to lose a jew as she says God. and on the other hand he is congratulated by mark's family mark is becky's husband who was converting and what we learn is that mark needs two more dunks for the baptism to be complete we got it the question is now when do we go back in because we got to go back in and finish the, the next two dunks. And, he, and the priest is like, I can do it in a tub. I can do it. I can just spritz you. If you have a cup, I can just spritz you. Uh, and, and Mark uh, <laughs> is, he, you know what? He's, he, had, he did have some sort of spiritual awakening during the baptism where he heard a voice that was like, don't do this. And so he <laughs> wants to remain Jewish now. In the meantime, Larry has given in to the adulation. And at first was like trying to say he didn't, you know, he's like, I, I didn't know what a baptism was. I, um, which was true, essentially. But, 
you know, people are, are praising him so much that it was such a mitzvah for the family that uh, that he's not converting now that Larry does give in and say, well, you know, I, I had to do something. And, and Mark wants to remain Jewish. So the wedding is off. There's a huge argument that starts between the Christians and the Jews uh, in the middle of the living room with Cheryl I've, and Larry in the middle. I've never gotten the idea of a super per, uh, performative baptism like this. Because even the guy says, even the priest says, look, I just can spritz some water on you. Well, then why did we go down to the river? <laughs> like, why do you need to dunk me three times? If you can just spritz me, why is one dunk not enough? <laughs> That's true. I, I I don't know the rules. But, I mean, it is it is a... Like performative is a great word for it because they were making it kind of part of the wedding weekend, you know. So I don't think they'd they'd want people to show up in suit and tie just for a spritz. Like I know, like the river is like a big deal, you know, because I I think those were were like maybe when the first biblical baptisms took place. Like I could be yeah. wrong about that, but I think it was like you know, shall we gather by the river and all that? It's very important in in you know the the Christian story or whatever. So that's my yeah. guess is like they wanted I, it to be a big deal, not just do like because there are churches that like have the bathtub back there. I loved when I would. There was a church we went to that had the bathtub. Like churches that I've been to, like where Declan and Colleen were were like christened or baptized or whatever. Like they just have a little uh a little bowl and like just they like take a some, finger bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They take uh, maybe a little bit bigger, like a like a cereal bowl size, and like they take they take some out and they like put it on their head. But I've been to churches where they, they do the full immersion, I think as they call it. <sighs> and, uh, and they have, I loved when I, they had the tub back there. Cause I was like, I want to go see that tub. I mean, there's like a pool in church. <laughs> and as a kid, like any pool is like, well, like any I, I want to cool. yeah. see this. Like, yeah, I was, I loved when, when, cause it wasn't always there when they weren't doing a baptism, there was no, no tub. But when you went in and the tub was revealed, <laughs> Oh Yeah. If uh if I were to ever get like rebaptized or anything for for whatever, probably not ever gonna happen. But yeah. uh, I want to do it pandemic style and get shot in the face with a squirt gun, <laughs> super soaker. Yeah. yeah, baby. The only way to do it. Yeah. Uh, and so Larry and Cheryl eventually make it home. Larry is. Did you? Ca I think this was a subtle callback, and I appreciated it. Larry is chewing gum. I believe it to be grape gum. I think he talked oh about it so God. much. I think he's chewing grape gum. That's what you I'm think like. they stopped and he got some grape gum. <laughs> That's my my head cannon. Is it maybe at like Hudson <laughs> News or something somewhere in the airport? Like he got grape gum because he was talking about it so much. He's like, yeah, I want some grape gum, and he pops <laughs> it. That's that's my guess. And they spot the guy who is now wearing his uh, beautiful maroon jacket, the homeless guy. By the way, I recognize this actor. I better write that down. I haven't uh, the homeless guy actor, and I recognized Mark. I might just do a dive on those two guys. Cause I, I know I recognize them from places. Um, but, uh, yeah, I want to know who those actors were. Cause I recognize this actor from something, especially the homeless guy. Mark, I think is just like a character actor that I've seen and stuff. Anytime you need like a nebby guy, you'd call him uh, or maybe nebbish is what I'm looking for. But so they spot the guy with the jacket and the guy's like, Oh yeah, th thanks for this. And, and he's like, Oh, by the way, I found these airline tickets in the jacket. Uh, and at first Larry gives, Cheryl a well 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 kind of look but then the guy's like yeah the the number there was a phone number on here I tried to call it but you know you guys you don't have an answering machine message so you know guys don't have an answering machine <laughs> yeah the, the tone he gives with this line is like you guys you guys don't or he, he says you guys don't have a voice machine yeah like, look I don't have a house but you guys don't have a voice machine yeah you guys don't have a, and that's when Larry's face changes <laughs> from like I told you so to Cheryl giving him that look as uh, Frolic starts playing, and that's the end of the episode. Oh man, what yeah. do we got for homework this week? So I just wrote down Mar the actor who played Mark and the actor who played the homeless guy. I want to know where I recognize them from. Did you recognize either of them? I didn't. No, I feel like Mark might have been on Seinfeld, but but I'll have to double check on that. Mm. Okay, okay. What do you like for cover art this week? Hmm. I mean, something at the baptism? Is that too on the nose? I mean, I don't think so. Maybe, uh, I wonder if there's an over-the-shoulder shot of Larry looking down and seeing the baptism. Yeah, I think there is. When he's, like, running down the hill, there's a good shot of, like, the reveal of the crowd and stuff. Okay. And I think he's in that. That would be good, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna try and try and grab that. Yeah. All right, let's see what we can do about this week's description. Yes. So, we had... Larry is shocked when he discovers that the Jewish man who is marrying Cheryl's sister is converting to Christianity. He is, but that's not the plot. It's not at all. So it, the, the synopsis has to be something about, I mean, maybe it's as simple as like Larry and Cheryl 
have a difficult time getting to her sister's wedding. Is that not, I mean, is that a good jumping off point? Is that good enough? What do you think? I think that's good enough. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I think that's fine. Larry and Cheryl have a difficult time getting to her sister's wedding. I think that's, I think that's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. All right. right. Uh, Perfect. did, did, Did you, did you like this episode? What'd you think of it? Yes. Yeah. I was laughing like all the way through this episode. I, 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 it, it, it right now will be a solid number two. Unless 10 blows me away, it right now will be a solid <laughs> number two in my top three. Uh, speaking of solid number twos, <laughs> I didn't really like it that much. Aww. Yeah. I, I thought it was okay, but I, I'm not going to give it a star um, just because, I don't know, there are other episodes I liked better than it. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, I pointed out like two or three, maybe even more lines that I loved. And, and I love the jokey, you know, when there's when there's great little jokes. I mean, I like the situational comedy too, but um, I always appreciate a chance to laugh out loud. And then, yeah, and, and then it, it came full circle. Everything ended and in, in a great way, and, and I love that about it. So it, it sort of continued the tradition that Shaq started for me. That's why I was like, this is this is great. I like it. <laughs> Gotcha. All right. Well, next week we have got season two, episode 10, the season two finale titled The Massage. Original air date, November 25th, 2001. And if you are looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see in the season two finale, Larry lands in hot water when Cheryl's psychic busts him for getting a naughty massage. Oh, boy. Wow. Ooh. All right. Sounds scandalous. Okay. Uh, I don't remember much about this. But we'll see uh, next week. Is that it? Yep, that is it. All right. For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. Be good.